0: Hello, I'm Rabbi Iggy, and welcome to Tattoos and Torah. Hello, welcome to another episode of Tattoos and Torah. I'm Rabbi Iggy. Thank you for joining us, as always. We're finally beginning to see the signs of spring. And I don't mean the fake spring that happens right before we get hit with winter again. Or in New York, we call this fourth winter. But actual spring and signs that the cold and the dark hours are finally letting up. This is also a season where we are starting to prepare for Passover and are thinking about renewal, which is also the theme of pop-up Shabbat, which is tonight. Please join us at 7 p.m. The idea of renewal and new life and breathing new life into what seems to be wintry, dormant state is where we are at the moment. And I think a lot of people, when they think about spring, they think about cleaning and the outside world is sort of finding new blooms, although it's just a question of seeing them. I have a friend who his own little practice is that when he walks around, no matter where he is, no matter what time of the year, he always is not satisfied until he can spot a bloom, some kind of bloom. And he always talks about that there is always a bloom somewhere. Even when you think it's the dead of winter, something is blooming. And it's a question of just seeing it wherever you are. But spring, of course, is not just for spring cleaning. It's also about internal cleaning. Spring can be great moments to choose to lean into this energy of renewal and a new life. In recovery there is a basic concept which is the first 90 days and we know that the first 90 days of anything new is both exciting and important as it is in establishing the changes we want to make but it is also fraught with a lot of fear and setbacks and we have to let go of this idea that progress is linear it is not always linear there is progress but there's also setbacks and failures and real growth that's how it looks like it's not a straight line in recovery it looks like sobriety recovery relapse prelapse maybe more sobriety maybe more recovery we defined it of course recovery is or addiction if you will as a remitting relapsing chronic deadly disease because it is just that and any progress has to take into account the ebbs and the flows of growth and the ebbs and flows of recovery. In fact, the ebbs and flows of life. So in life, of course, this looks like success and failures and disappointments, optimism, failure, pessimism, more optimism, planning, testing, failures again, despair at times, caution, learning, all these phrases uh, that every person who is doing anything of worth Every worthwhile endeavor has to consider every single one of these words as we move into growth or success and learning from our failures if we don't eventually succeed. All these important uh, ideas we have to address and bring awareness to because, of course, even failures and setbacks are as much part of growth as success is and that we might see success or steps forward in different ways. And it also is not always the thing that we think we want. In many places, work, school, life, many people say that they are interested in experimenting, right? That sort of that they are um, looking to try things and are okay with failure. But I found many times that that's not really what they truly mean or truly want. What they mean many times is that they want to try things. And say that they are willing to take risks, but truly what they want is to immediately succeed. Lacking the emotional and spiritual tools to deal with failures and deals with setbacks is something that we have to always address because a lot of people um, don't have those. And not having ways to cope with the perceived failure or the failures themselves and then how it affects our feelings of worth. Uh, lacking real practical tools of gratitude for example and i talk about my favorite one which is sort of um, thinking about the things that happen to you and thinking about how is this the best thing that's happened to you i talk about it in a different podcast but many times we don't often think about these failures and don't have the tools for them and we have to develop those and when people want to try new things they're afraid because if they're not going to be successful immediately they are afraid that they can't really cope with it. We see this with children as well. The children who are praised for their success tend to not want to try things that they might not feel that they are going to be good at and then get the accolades of their parents and loved ones of like, oh, you're so smart, you're so great, you're so talented. And in that sense, it's much better to talk to children Um, And even young adults about that was a great effort or good uh, try or I appreciate how you approached it and praising the ability to take risks rather than the results of those risks. But back to the first 90 days, looking at that phase, there is a chance to form new habits and it's the chance to conceive new habits and set new habits. And I think that when we think about the spring, it is a chance now today to not just symbolize recovery with the spring and rebirth uh, and healing, but a chance to push the growth, uh, to plant the seeds for something new, if you will. So how to change habits, of course, is an interesting field because when we think about habits that stick, we have to think about three or four things in a sense or three lenses to look at Uh, In habit forming, we talk often about cues, routine, and rewards. The cue, routine, reward is the process that describes how we do something. A cue leads to a routine, which can be either physical, emotional, or mental, which leads to the reward eventually through the habit. So we can think about this. If we want to create new habits, we should think about and follow a similar pattern Of how we act in order to create new actions. So, find cues that remind us of what we do, of course, of the action that sort of leads and want to take them, and of course, then the reward that we get from taking those actions. That helps us to think about closing that loop and can help us solidify new habits to think about these three ways. Uh, A cue is the thing that reminds us of what you need to do or want to do. in addiction, that could be a craving or a trigger, uh, an emotional one, a spiritual one, and that can lead us directly to feeling that we want to drink or take drugs or some other kind of behavior. Um, but it could also be if you choose, right, if we want to change habits and find new cues, a cue can be a calendar reminder or a specific time Um It is something that alerts us to what's happening, uh, either externally or internally. So it could be something you notice in the world around you, or it could be a feeling or a thought. That could be a cue as well. And that's where the awareness comes in, to sort of see it as a cue and sort of try to identify it as a cue. Um, One of the ways to change habits is to be aware of, of those, as I just said, and make a list of these sort of cues in your life. Um, And think about these as sort of the, the trigger to behavior, both that you want to change or ones that you want to keep. The routine is the actual behavior, sort of the actual element that you have to put in place and the changes perhaps that you want to make. For some, it's the recovery meeting that you have to go to or the exercise you have to commit to or the workspace you created, whatever it is that you need to achieve um, the the habit or the action, the routine is the main element of that habit. It is important to say that this is true for trying to change a habit, as it is about maintaining good habits that you have, um, and or transforming a negative habit into a positive one. It's always very important to make sure that the structures are parallel. That sort of you build on habits. So if you had a bad habit, to change it with a good habit, um, any habit that is maladjusted. Um, cannot be left open, right? You can't just stop doing something and thinking it's just going to go away. Because it's been there in the structure, you should fill it with some other habit, with some other idea in order not to, quote-unquote, relapse. Uh, We need to replace it with some other habits, positive habits, um, that sort of make sure that we can uh, address it. Um, The hole that's left... Um, there's no vacuum in nature the hole that's left has to be filled with something else and in our case uh, i of course will champion that it needs to be like this a spiritual component something that's like help us to bring the best of who we are the uniqueness of what we want to do the person we want to become the growth we want to see in ourselves and in others then of course we should talk about the reward. Um, And like I said, there's a reward, uh, which is the benefit that you gain from doing or taking the action. And that might not sound like much, but as many of you might know, I'm sure you know that changing those habit loops, it's very difficult. So thinking about the reward in terms of long terms and short terms uh, is important because we are creatures of habit. And that is where the idea um, that we are introducing into this whole loop of craving, a slightly different craving that was talking before, can come in. Sometimes the cue leads to a craving. It's something we want, right? Sugar, drugs, alcohol, sex, whatever it is. And that can be very powerful to bring you back to an old maladjusted habit. So we have to find ways to eliminate those cravings or uh, what I prefer, which is to change those cravings to a different cues, uh, to different habits, to create new routines. Um Craving, of course, is the force behind almost every habit. Without some level of motivation or desire, without craving a change, also, we have no reasons to take any action. What we crave is not the habit itself, of course, it's the change that it brings, the way it makes us feel. So, take smoking, for example, you don't really crave the cigarette, you crave the feeling of relief that you have from it. Uh, I don't always want to turn on the television because it's not the thing I want, but I want to be entertained. So thinking about those sort of cravings and those cues uh, is is important. Um, and again, in terms of the reward, um, we have to really think about those places. Um, and I'll talk about it in a few, if you, in a few minutes as well. So, so how do we actually change? Um, and, and I always start with sort of asking ourselves a few different questions. Um, and you can write them down. That is, what is your habit? What are your cues? What is your routine? And what are your rewards? Uh, write these down. And let's try to understand it and identify the habit you want to change. Think about when did this habit begin? Um, when did you start doing it? Uh, has it changed over time has it been consistent is it tied to a specific person or a specific place or a specific thing what else is happening in your life when this habit is happening Um, how does your habit or behavior affect other people and what does this habit do for you these questions can help us identify the patterns Um, and when we think about those cravings right so An example, uh, my cravings are really bad when my in-laws are in town, for example, right? Understanding then why you think that in the case, maybe you feel judged by your in-laws and need some time or space to decompress. uh, And when you feel you need time or space to decompress, then you turn to a certain substance or behavior because it makes you feel like you are able to make time and space or relax or decompress for yourself. Uh, but again, it doesn't always solve the original problem, which is you're feeling stressed because you think, let's say that your in-laws or other people are judging you. So eliminating the cue or the reward is not enough to form a new habit or break the old one either. It's only when you're able to create a cue, habit, reward together to understand all these pieces, um, and that's where the writing comes in, that there's a chance to sort of choose other growth or other ways to sort of to deal with it. Um If we think about other kinds of habits, right? It's true that most resolutions, and we talk about this before, do not make it through even the first month, um, which is one of the reasons, why, of course, why right, I don't believe in resolutions. So, how do we think about things that sort of help us change, right? Because I am talking here about creating new habits, and in that sense, routine and behavior, uh, and uh, articulating them is the important thing. Um, and again, I want to go a little bit sort of back to to recovery, which is. Uh, We have this idea of 90 meetings in 90 days. That is, you have to go to a a meeting every day for 90 days. So thinking about that, that is one thing, but even that's not always enough to go to the meeting, right? You also have to do the step work. So it becomes an external habit and an internal understanding of the meeting. It's the writing and then the habit itself. It's always trying to put those together. Intention and actions put together. Intention without action cannot lead to any growth, and action without intention cannot lead to any growth. Only growth happens when intentions and actions are put together and they're aligned, that you always have to align both your intentions and your actions. What you say you want and to take an action that is aligned to it, and with the actions, making sure that you understand the intentions behind it. So 90 meetings in 90 days and also step work. Growth renewal can only be successful, right? As I just said, on the grounds sort of that nourishes it. Um, and if we think about this growth and renewal and the fertile ground back to the spring ideas, um, So if we think about this renewal and fertile ground back to the spring idea, right? Uh, it is incumbent on us to sort of find ways that support us in this growth, right? Um, perhaps you need to change the people that you hang out with. Perhaps you need to change your location, your job, your housing, uh, the route you take home from work if you always stop by the bar, for example, and you want to stop drinking, uh, those kind of things. Um, so taking inventory of this idea, and again, spring is a great time for it, of of thinking about these, But, but really... Part of the way I'm thinking about is one of the things I really like to talk about is this thing called structural interventions. These are interventions that help you make better decisions by making it easier to do activities or behaviors that you want to encourage, by making it harder to do activities or behaviors that you want to discourage in yourself. Uh, this is true for an individual, as is true for for groups, for people. So. Uh, Some examples are if you put elevators right at the back of the building and stairs at the front, then more people will take the stairs because it's the first thing they'll see and they'll use it rather than the elevator. Um, If you create parklets or close streets for people, they will tend to not drive their cars and then they will walk more, for example. Um, I think this is true for life right in, in the sense that I think that also it's a question of how we make decisions and what kind of structural interventions we make in ourselves in our own lives in order to make it easier to make better decisions right one of the classic ones of course the base one is to not uh, is to not have snacks that you don't want to eat at home but only keep snacks that you like at home right um, or in general of course stuff that you want to keep at home that sort of you want to uh consume or be part of and avoid those that you don't right um that's a very classic one um if you commit to journaling for example if you want to start a habit of writing right where do you keep your journal or your pen Uh, if you keep it in your desk and you probably won't go for it every time you do that but if you want to do it right before bed you should keep it next to your bed and probably there'll be more chances to journal more Um, if you're committed to exercising right can you create it in a way where you will need to go by the gym Uh, in terms of creating your route, going to work or back from work, whatever it is. Um, Thinking about where things fit and what the structural intervention is there um, is really, really important. Um, Or at least it's very helpful in trying to sort of create more spaces. The ultimate questions are the things that sort of stop you from being or doing the things that you don't want to be or promoting the things that you want to do. Um, so think about what kind of structure interventions you want to do that, right? So once you identify what it is, you can also sort of make sure that sort of you have the, the structure for it. Um, you might be thinking about how an activity looks, right? If you Again, if you want to think about the gym, uh, you want to go to the gym three times a week, uh, and the easiest time for you to go is on, uh, on the way home from work, uh, but that means you can only go for 30 minutes, then that's fine too, uh, if it's going to be either 30 minutes three times a week or maybe going for an hour once or twice a week, uh, you have to think about being realistic of what you want to do and then sort of choose the best option of those. Um, if you go to the supermarket, and I talk about this a lot, right? If you go to the supermarket hungry or without a list, you will for sure buy things you don't want to eat, are not good for you, and not in your budget. That, that is almost a, a certainty. So if you create a habit of going after a meal with a list in your hand, then you have better chances, of course, of not blowing your budget or choosing things you don't want or are not hungry for in that moment. What I do sometimes with my clients is that I have them write cue cards for potential scenarios they might encounter during recovery. So these are the sorts of things that would trip them up, um, like their dealer calling them, uh, you know, and asking if they want something, or their ex posts pictures on social media with their new partner, uh, who is super attractive and really fit. Um, so, so we have to think about the ways, that sort of, we anticipate uh, our life and our habits and how we respond to them. Um, so I'll have clients write down those scenarios on one side of the card. But then ahead of time, uh, on the back of the card, write down what they will do in advance. Choose in advance what you want to do. This helps them imagine the scenario beforehand and imagine their responses so that when it comes to respond to a situation, they already have a plan in place. Um, they already have thought about how they can follow through, what who they call, what they do. So when the time comes, and it's not always perfect, but when the time comes, it's something that they can... Uh, make easier decisions because they've already made the decisions, and I I used to sort of make them keep them in the pockets, but it don't, you don't have to. Of course, it could be a posted or whatever, and I highly recommend the ability to anticipate what, what's going through. So, what kind of growth are you looking forward to this spring? Right, is is the question of of, of this podcast, and what internal spring cleaning can you do to gain a deeper awareness for yourself and the cues? You encounter throughout your day in life uh, as we anticipate the season of renewal and growth. Think about what you can do for yourself and make it easier for you to uh to form new habits. So so a few last things, lastly, uh to sort of think about, um, and just sort of ways to sort of to consider this. Uh, if you want to think about changes, think small. Uh, B.J. Fogg, a Stanford University researcher and author of the book Tiny Habits, writes that starting with tiny habits to make the new habit as easy as possible in the beginning is is what he wants to uh, consider for for everybody. And and I also say, right, don't fall into this trap of uh, don't sweat the small stuff. Quite the opposite. Think about each step. Do sweat the small stuff. Small things make big things happen. Remember, not the other way around. Um, As always, consistency is key. Um, whatever it is that you choose to do, do it every day. Um, habits take a long time to create. Um, so making sure that you set in place something that you could be doing daily or routinely is the most effective way to create it. Um, again, that's why there's 90 meetings in 90 days um, and, and all that. the Whatever it is, the routine, if you can... Decide to meditate. Make sure that it's perhaps the same time every day, on the same space every day, if you can. Not everybody can, but if you can, that makes it much, much more important. Um, make it easy, right? Make it easy for yourself. That's the structural interventions. Clearly, it's easier to do things that are uh, accessible and and cheap and easy to do, and you're ready to do them. So if you're able to do those, that's great. But sort of like uh, you have to think about. Uh, making it as easy as possible uh, and not make it as harder as possible um, of things that require effort. So, so make it easy, build structural interventions, uh, right? Pack your gym bag and leave it uh, by the door, right? Um, Be creative. Um, uh, Dr. Wendy Wood, who's the author of the book, Good Habits, Bad Habits, the Science of Making Positive Changes that Stick. uh, She's a researcher and a psychologist at the University of Southern California she says that um, she began sleeping in her running clothes to make it easier to roll out of bed in the morning and slip her running shoes and run. Um, so so, right, uh, choosing or choosing exercise that perhaps you don't need to leave the house, but these ideas uh, are very interesting um, of how you create these structural interventions. So, um, So that's really, really important. And then last thing, and I spoke a little bit about this, I want you to think about reward. Um, some rewards are immediate, right? And, and, but many are not. So in the case when the, re, the reward is not immediate, like going to meetings or doing step work or diet or exercise or change in behavior, um, the reward is not immediate. So it's important to then put in place or think about a small reward there. Uh, maybe after you do these things, spending time with a friend, uh, maybe a favorite snack, a movie or TV show, think about other rewards you can give yourself while you're working towards the larger reward of whatever it is, the exercise that you want, the, the weight goal, the, the recovery that you want to do, whatever it is for yourself and how you choose it. So something to help you remind yourself that sort of the efforts um, that sort of what you do um, are not in vain, right? This sort of you are taking sovereignty. Um, so, Uh, these are just ideas for for this for this new spring that's coming Uh, I hope it's helpful as always you can find us and sort of like talk to us about more Uh, if you need a spiritual counselor we have a spiritual counseling program of course if you need recovery coaching we have that as well Uh, go on our website Um, as always we are always here and uh, like I said tonight pop up Shabbat seven o'clock if you're listening to this before seven on a Friday please um, feel free to join us it's free again it's online um, and if you are in New York City, if you live in New York City, April 5th, we're starting Truva Tuesday. Tshuva Tuesday will be a full day of spiritual Jewish recovery programming um, on the Upper East Side. Again, if you go on the website, you can click and register. Uh, it's free and it's available for anybody who needs extra support once a day. It's going to be the whole day, uh, although you can come for whatever part you want. There's more information on there. So join us there as well. Um Thank you again for joining me. Thank you um, for listening. Have a good time. This podcast was recorded by Chuba Center. I want to thank our team, Ben Lichman, Grace Sheed, and Sadie Baker-Rax, who make this all possible and make sure that the guests and I sound as best as we can. Thank you all for listening. Um, again, check out our Instagram and our website, Chuva Center, T-S-H-U-V-A-H, Center, C-E-N-T-E-R, um, on Instagram or, of course, chuvacenter.org on the website. Thank you so much.